Hey, just wanted to give a trigger warning for this episode. In our discussion of Hell House, we touch upon some pretty sensitive subjects and play some clips with some very adult language. So, listener discretion is advised. This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. In his book, Rapture Ready, in the chapter speaking to the phenomenon of hell houses, Daniel Radish writes a wild-esque pithy piece of prose saying, The first hell house was opened in the 1970s by Jerry Falwell, who now knows if he got it right. (laughs) Maybe, I won't go that far, but... Give Jerry Google some time, draw your own conclusions. The concept of the hell house is the answer to the two-pronged question, what is hell and how do you get there? And for many churches, it's also the answer to the much less interesting question, uh, what are we going to do for Halloween, you guys? The idea has taken many forms, whether it be the original Liberty University-sponsored Scare Mare in Lynchburg, Virginia, or the plethora of judgment houses across the country, but the most common version was codified and branded by a Denver pastor named Keenan Roberts. Starting in the 90s, Roberts made and sold Hell House kits for 300 bucks a pop, which included a script, a sound effects CD, and a massive 250 plus pages of instructions. Roberts says, quote, Hell houses communicate the biblical truth that sin always has consequences. We believe that abortion, adultery, homosexuality, among other things, are sinful behaviors, and that if a person does not repent of their sin and come to Jesus Christ, then hell will be their destiny rather than heaven. And that line of thinking is reflected in the standard Hell House script, which takes the form of several mini-morality plays with an unusual and some might say disturbing emphasis on abortion, rape, suicide, and perhaps the most terrifying thing of all to white evangelical men, gay people. Cedar Hill, Texas, located just outside of Dallas, lays claim to perhaps the most famous version of the Hell House, now entering its 27th year of annual operation. The Pentecostal Church's All Hallowed Freak Show garnered the attention of documentary filmmaker George Ratliff, who spent several weeks chronicling the production from concept to performance in 2001. And though Ratliff does not seem to share the beliefs of his subjects, he hopes that the film is proliferated within their evangelical circles and beyond, saying, quote, I think the documentary might be the only way to get to these groups of kids who are isolated in these domes of belief. The church doesn't let these kids see anything. They don't let them go to movies. They don't let them go to the wrong websites. They don't let them go anywhere. They won't see anything, and they try to marry them off at a very young age. That's sort of one of the church's goals. They want to get them married to each other and keep them in. I see my film as a possible life raft. So we watched that documentary, Hell House, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, come on now. What? What's happening? Oh. What? 
Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. Actually, this week, I'm Scaroline. And I'm... Give me one. Um, you're Helen. I'm Helen. <laughs> I'm Helen. <laughs> 30 of me agrees. <laughs> and we're here to have a little Good, good Christian, Christian fun. fun. This is the show where we talk about Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, books, things, maybe radio series at some point, if we can figure out Adventures in Aussie and crack that nut. <laughs> Cracking nuts here on the Good Christian Fun Cracking Podcast. All the nuts. Now, Caroline and I are Christians, but we're not here to proselytize to you and make no. you go to church. But we're also not here to bash what we're talking about. We're just here to say, mm, this is interesting. Let's have some fun with that. What's going on with this? Well, excuse me. Hmm. <laughs> Caroline, on this special spooky episode of Good Christian Fun, How's your heart? Is it telltale? It's shaking in its boots oh, right now. Okay. <laughs> How is it for real? It's the middle of October. It's so hot. I My heart's good. I love the heat. I love feeling summer forever, baby. May it never end. No, thank you. Um, How's your heart, Kevin? My heart's fine, except for the damn heat. I do get <laughs> mad and depressed when it's you're this like hot outside. You're in an office all day, though. How are, oh, no, your house is But then is I go good. home, and I it is, it's bad in there. Yeah. I get mad at God. I It's it's real bad. Well, <laughs> like, don't do that, because if you've seen in this movie, you're going straight to no. hell. <laughs> it can't be hotter Literally. than Southern California, can it? <laughs> oh, boy. If I could stand this heat. <laughs> so, my heart's fine. It is good, but... It's also conditional on the weather. And I and I need to identify that about myself. That's like, I know when I'm happiest. It's when I got at least two layers on, baby. You're like my middle-aged mom. <laughs> I'm not like your middle-aged mom. Yes, you are. I am your middle-aged what? mom. What? Penny. <laughs> the scares just keep a-coming. <laughs> um, so the topic for today. Yeah. Hell House. Now, this is the first thing that we're talking about here on the GCF podcast that is about something in Christian culture, right? But, but not, not necessarily made. Yeah, it, I'd say it's the first thing we've done that is not a promotion piece for the church in some way, nope. or or just you know Christianity or its doctrine. It's it's very much like it's made by a guy who's and guys as we know <laughs> are biased, <laughs> <laughs> are problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, no, men, it's more the of existence a, of men is problematic. Yeah, and we don't a, talk about tr- that enough. It's troublesome. It's um, bad. I wish I didn't exist <laughs> it's not all the time. Working. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Ban all men. Welcome to our feminist podcast, hey. Good Christian Fems. <laughs> Good Christian to- <laughs> Fems. <laughs> yeah, that could be a spinoff when you eventually fire me and you take <gasps> yeah. off on your own career. Maybe I'll do that with our guest. Oh, perhaps because we do have a great guest. <laughs> oh, we got a good and one. A great segue. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> who could it be? I don't know. This could be kind of spooky if you don't know who Amy Grant I'm is. I'm on the brink of a heart attack. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know her from her duo, Aaron and Melissa. You may know her from her own podcast, Oh Dear God, and group text. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Melissa, Melissa Gavarin. Oh, no. They both turned into a cat and a 
a werewolf respectively. Praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. Listen to this lyric here. Praise to your Lord. I can never tell you just how it's just how much good it's gonna do ya. It's a nice little beat she's got going there. I like it. it. It's a good. It's an ABBA-esque beat. Syncopation in there. Yeah, nice little sync. That's right. But the lyric. I can't even tell you how much good it's going to do you. I like that. It's such a big promise. She's got a, she's like got a secret. Can it deliver? Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you for having for me. For joining so glad us you're today here. on the I'm, GCF podcast. I'm so excited. Are you feeling spooky? This is our special. By the way, this is cut for if you're listening in the long in the future, this is coming out the week-ish of Halloween. That's right. Or and, you know, the closest or, we could get it without uh, being after just Halloween. Just autumn solstice if you don't observe Halloween. You're a practicing Wiccan. <laughs> I hope we have a few practicing Wiccans listening to the show. You never know. Give us a Wiccan what's up. Wiccan a wow wow. <laughs> I mean, I would love to hear good Wiccan fun at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? I Yeah, I'm totally into it. Melissa. Sir, are you what a Wiccan? Is, are you no, a Wiccan? I'm not. <laughs> right, I'm not. I'm just going to rule that out. They would have asked me to leave already. Another witch hunt over here. <laughs> when they were like, you're not allowed to keep the ropes on the entire time. And I'm like, I'm not going to be naked outside <laughs> with all of you. My coffee table is levitating. You need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Don't even talk to me before I've had my coffee table levitating. <laughs> Melissa. Sir. What is your <laughs> background of faith? What is your guestimony as we do it on the show where'd you come from where you at well you know what i grew up in miami i say i grew up i grew up as pagan as you can for a person who was like born one sunday in church the next sunday Mm -hmm. so like definitely did not get it the church that we went to miami was like 30 minutes away from home so it's like Mm -hmm. very separate from our life Didn't know. I only knew Amy Grant as like baby, baby. Mm-hmm. Did not know that people went to church on Wednesdays. That would have made me want to die. Oh. Um, yeah. Did not. Like I grew up with like a hunter and dad, a hunter and dad, Southern mom, but we grew up in Miami. So it was like, huh. and I went to Catholic school when I was really little. Oh, yeah. So I didn't like any of the things that my friends that I eventually would go to like Christian summer camp with knew. I knew not like of it. not a relation. Not yeah. in the lane. Not in the lane that yeah. <laughs> your parents were trying to yeah. swerve you into. Okay. Not at Wait, all. Wait, so you were going to a Catholic school, but the church you went to that was a half an hour away, was that a Protestant? It was a Southern Baptist church. church? Oh, yeah. it was a Southern Baptist church. Okay. And apparently it's like a big one. I've like I've worked at churches now that people are like, oh, we know that church. The pastor's this. They always like raise an eyebrow about it. Like, yeah, and I'm like, oh. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know anything. Like, don't ever remember hearing any sort of gospel message. Like don't Like I loved Just sitting in the bathroom And that tells you Like how committed I was Like that was pre-cell what phone interesting posture <laughs> I would just the like bathroom? I would just go hang out In the bathroom At instead church of, like, Yeah instead of having to like Go sit in Sunday You're school You're like me at any party Yeah <laughs> I was like I'm down there. to clown I'm in this bathroom Hanging out <laughs> Just thinking about my life Okay uh-huh. And this um, was back before You could check your phone Yeah So no phone So no you're just phone, staring no at toilets Boy. Yeah that was my preference yeah. It's also <laughs> like a special You know No supervision time because yeah. your parents had to stay at their pew. Hey. So you could just kind of wander the halls. Yeah, just yeah. live in La Vida Loca, <laughs> walking around Miami, not trying to not understand anything about church. Then um, when I was in middle school, we moved to, back to my mom's hometown in North Florida, okay. which is like very Southern, yeah. like 
They have a Civil War reenactment there. They had a Civil War there, too. Yeah, they did. They did. But, you know, most people don't think about Florida as the South. But this part of Florida is for sure the South. Yeah, I've heard that. And it is. uh, And so we started going to the church that my mom grew up in. And uh, that only had one bathroom. So when I hung out in it, people were like... You limited space. <laughs> you have been in here too. It's a long. real bathroom downgrade. Yeah, I understand. So my mom started walking me to Sunday school and like making sure I stayed there. <laughs> she like one. I remember I was at home and uh, my mom got a phone call and was came in the other room and was like, "Hey, uh, the pastor, the youth pastor, just said that they had a kid drop out of uh, summer camp." If you want to go. And I was like, tell him no. And she was like, I told him yes. And I was like, why? Why? Uh, So I went to a summer camp. And that, of course, was like the first time I ever heard any sort of like, any sort of like understandable message Mm -hmm. for my own brain. Um, And so it was amazing. All the Sunday school and church you went to. Yeah. How old are you at the time? So I was about to turn... 13. Okay. So I went the summer that I was 12. I I was like became a Christian and was baptized in November of that same year. Wow. So and we moved that summer so it was like 12 years old, uh went to church. Again, still like didn't understand Christian youth culture. <laughs> I remember we did cuz it was like a ministry camp, so we went and did like a VBS one day and I didn't know any of the songs oh no i was like standing with the kids like the children because (laughs) all the youth were like okay so we can do like father abraham i mean going up on father abraham is a is a humiliation worse than death Yeah, imagine you like standing next to the kid, kind of nudging him, like, "Hey, you kids heard many about sons? Okay." I was like, <laughs> I was like "I'll stand What's with the, the kids." Uh, yeah, You're like, have you kids heard about the bathrooms? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I read what? about this in in a pew of my own. <laughs> um, so yeah, so pew after that, <laughs> a pew for poo, really? Yeah. Uh, so after that, it was like that was when it really like I was in a youth group at that point, and I had friends from school and youth group, and it okay. was and a friend's like, a friend forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, then I hopped on right in time for like Reliant K and for, you know, like doing solos in front of the church of, <laughs> I don't even remember the names of some of these songs, but Aaron, my roommate, will play some stuff. And I'm like, I did that song at church. No way. No idea what it was. Uh, I decided I was going to be like in a Christian girl group. <gasps> Not because I didn't want to be in a regular girl group. I just at that point was like, oh, I guess everything's just a Christian well, girl group. Well, you're saying musically <laughs> you were in a Christian girl group. Yeah, yeah. Not like With a Christian like girl accountability no i want to be like in a singing performing right. group yeah, yeah yeah like a zoe girl or yeah. a barlow girl yeah. oh, yes I, okay. I recognize those names yeah. Yeah. this was like your hope and dream you there wasn't like one for you to join yeah no no, no. Okay. i was like oh natural progression is i yeah into real music which is yeah i make christian a christian girl, girl group <laughs> yeah and i did i was in a christian band in high school and we like played <gasps> at tbn i remember meeting mark Lucky. lowry and people's moms were the like mark lowry <laughs> he was he was was a terror i did not like him. what and he did not like us so it feels mutual you know wait delve into that let's spill the mark he lowry was, he, was not, like, he was not super pumped it was like a songwriting competition and so like oh, we wow. entered it and we won it and oh so gosh, we ended up big go- deal yeah it was cool so we ended up going to nashville um and meeting some people who ended up becoming like Christian songwriters and producers and things like that. Wow. Eventually. Um, T-Bone Burnett. Oh, you know him as <laughs> Johnny Cash. Yeah. Um, but clearly the, comp- the, like, the company and the competition, I think, was 
normally won by people who are like like one person like i remember the lady who won had like the long like not cut your hair kind of pentecostal like kind of baptist thing yeah 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 Yeah, long skirt that was what they wanted and so our song our group was up first and we were of course you know very proud to be our version of pop punk which was just a joke and mark just. lowry was having none of it he's like this wait, lascivious <laughs> wait, junior so he was like group. a simon cow figure in yeah. this scenario he was oh, like a judging it. oh he was a okay but he would like make comments about the groups before and after and he just <laughs> was like with us he was like okay thank you and no then every way. other time he was like mark lowry and people were like isn't mark lowry great i'm like i think mark lowry might have a stick up his butt did not like what we were putting out there he did not he was not into it so <laughs> well as a father of daughters he should have known better <laughs> <laughs> well, to, i mean what do you remember the song do you remember the name of the song that you did the song that we did um i want to find this footage i think we had a song called apathy and i think that must have been the song that we did Oh, and you know it was awesome. just like very dramatic yeah. and like very I bet you really like went at the uh, the lukewarm and that's so, yeah so <laughs> I want to spit you out of my mouth <laughs> yeah oh do we got do we need a God's plan lukewarm yep okay there's a verse that's like you either need to be hot or cold and if you're lukewarm God will spit you out of His mouth oh it's a letter from Paul to one of the churches yeah yeah Good. okay but some people have, have apparently that's a misinterpretation a lot of the time that like you need to be on fire or whatever but it's more supposed to mean like you're just supposed to be useful or mm. something um, good clarification anyway good to know God's playing over keep going apathy um, yeah so it's a song so we did we did all that and it was like I was I went from graduated high school went to like started doing I was doing mission trips every summer. Wow. Like my parents didn't come from like a very strict upbringing. So I didn't come into it with like all the rules and all the. All that like baggage. Yeah. Like I remember going, I remember being in youth group with people who were like, well, we can only spend the night with people if they are from our church or like I, my parents have to meet. And like (laughs) my parents were like. social (laughs) boundary. It is weird. (laughs) You know, but like my parents were like, good luck to you. Farewell. (laughs) Do you think? Yeah. Check in in a week. Yeah. (laughs) I, that was like, literally, I was like, if, if I'm dead, they'll tell you. So otherwise (laughs) I probably won't call you. My parents were like, okay. So, oh, yeah, so then I went on to like being a youth intern and then a college intern and then wow. I was doing worship ministry and then um then eventually I moved to Nashville and I was managing like Christian speakers and performers and action sports people and then I worked at a super Wait, yeah, tea. what was that like? Oh, more okay. tea. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Christian gossip podcast. <laughs> What really happened to the Civil Wars? The mo- oh my gosh. <laughs> so then I moved to LA. Okay, and yeah. I'm here. And now you're here. Where are you now? How are you feeling about Jesus and Christianity now? Duh, Lord. Good, I like him. <laughs> I still think he's really good. I have been at a church the entire five years that I've been in LA. I've only just now started visiting other churches. Oh, no way. Um, but yeah, I always feel, <laughs> I remember having a friend come visit who I knew from Christian ministry time. And he was like, he had so he was like, "Do you believe in God still? Are you a lesbian? Do you like <laughs> those are, are the you two a, options?" It's just yeah. Hi, Melissa. Good to see you. Yeah. And he was like, "Do you own crystals?" And I was like, "I feel really bad to <laughs> just tell you. because you moved to L.A." Yeah. I was like, I feel sad because I'm just like a boring girl who has trouble dating. 
<laughs> but it's I not quite as much. I'm just trying to have here. it all like anyone else. Just yeah, a, and there is woman in the city. Yeah, and I, and I feel like just to that, there is this interesting perception, especially uh, among a lot of evangelicals, that L.A. is Babylon. Oh yeah, yeah. L.A. is that's where all the it's late the night hosts, of, yeah, bed of voicing sin. their opinions that they shouldn't come from. <laughs> they shouldn't that's have where, those. Yeah. Um, so, so that perception. Crystals still. is funny. Yeah. Do you have any crystals? I don't, and I feel like what have I been doing? I know you we know? need to get some. They're pretty. Yeah. Do you have any I Crystal figured... Lewis on CD <laughs> no. or vinyl? Okay. All right. Never no. mind. Was it was it any kind of culture shock coming from kind of this like Baptist tradition into LA or do you feel like you had enough transition time to even get into it? I was fortunate to always be in places or, or it also could have been that me, that myself in particular, it could have been my individual story. Like I didn't have that age two to 12 mm. of like stuff that people yeah like build up a lot of stuff and I or like I didn't have parents who were like speaking to me about my my biblical responsibilities Mm -hmm. um I told I feel like I told somebody one time about like having to binge veggie tales because all the kids in my youth group knew veggie tales (laughs) I would just (laughs) I would go to the church library and be like how many tapes you got back there and she's like so funny we got this one and this one I'm like I've already seen that first one you know that Helen (laughs) Wait, me? Helen, deep dives. Okay, come on. Any yeah. B-sides on the veggie tales? I know. I was like, they're talking about the cheeseburger song. I need penguins song. and three, two, one penguins. Uh, I need yeah. Larry Boy. I need Jungle Jams. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny because the guest last week had the reverse of that where like she couldn't relate to any of the normal pop culture stuff with like her school friends because yeah. all she knew was Christian stuff and now you had to like catch up on Christian stuff. I knew none of it. I oh. felt like, yeah, I was, if this was clueless, I was still the br- title character. No, clueless. I, I yeah. I was Alicia that. Clueless. Alicia Silverstone was a person who like grew up going to church and was homeschooled and I was like, I'll never fit in. <laughs> I just love Gloria Stefan. So that was kind of how I grew up. But yeah, so I've been and I've I've worked at the church that I have been at in LA for the past five years. So mm-hmm. I've I've worked there. I've been very fortunate to have like great leaders and people who believe in me and love me so i never felt like i was running from a place i always felt like somebody was like launching me to the next phase which i know is not everybody's story which it thus in turn breaks my heart to hear how many people that's not their experience i believe you are our third guest from florida on the show yeah between gabe and adriana and you and also i think i think you're our first our first guest who would identify as currently Christian as well. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Ooh, edgy. So, so we're only going to have Christians on from <laughs> now on. It's about to get real inside baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am, breaking the mold. And at the end of this, there will probably be people who are like, is she though? She doesn't know anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think the people in this movie would probably think you are not qualifying. Oh, man. I've got, oh, boy. Some, I've got some conversations yeah, about that. Should well, we uh, get into it? Should we dive in? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I host this show and I'm still always shocked by how Surprise. short that <laughs> song is. I mean, we could play the whole chorus one day if that would make that it. That would make me feel better, Kevin. It would be like a 20 second drop, though. And well, time is precious. Kevin, you know what? Figure it out. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> I could speed it up. Now, we chose this film because of the timing of it and we chose you. Because we wanted to have you as a guest. But what I didn't know <laughs> is that 
you might have a little bit of experience in some tangential way with the subject matter. I'm so happy to hear about that. OMG. Yeah. Um, well, quick, can we pause real quick? We can pause. I want to caveat myself and cover my ass as we go yeah, forward into this podcast. CYA. Because we're about to talk about some pretty sensitive stuff, I'd say, including like a denomination of Christianity, you know, Pentecostals and Charismatic and things like that. And I just want to say, like, we are not experts. We're probably going to botch it. Please don't be mad at us. But, you know, there is some stuff that's messed up. We're going to say it's messed up. We're also going to try to maybe have some compassion on these people and what they're trying to do. But uh, uh, I don't share your caveat. I think I'm going to be correct to- about everything <laughs> I say. Kevin no, has I, yet to make an error. I want to I wanna echo that caveat. Well, thank you, Kevin. We're not experts. We're not oh. doctors here. Yeah. We're not Jesus doctors. No scalpels in the room. None. Just Can a I, lot of Wikipedia pages open. So <laughs> I've got those are my tools. Yeah. So what was your experience with something like yes. this? Okay. So my experience wasn't with a Pentecostal church. So we'll say that like, if you got a Bible in your church, you have the ability to do a weird thing. Um, <laughs> That's as clean a way to put it as I've heard. That's yeah. a really good tagline for just the Christian church in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Our, the hell house that we went to was hosted in an old hospital. Oh, God. Yeah, so it was, like, super scary. And I remember, like, some of the parents didn't want us to go because they were like, we don't know. This is this might be too edgy. And, like, one of the parents, like, made us watch a documentary on the occult before we went. So it oh, double yeah. freaked us out mm-hmm. um, and just talked talk like they were very serious and very heavy about it and you're like oh Wait, my this was gosh. a christian haunted house christian haunted house and they were like warning you about the occult like, yeah 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 <laughs> Funny uh, so before i got there before we got there that's like we were gonna go that night kind of deal mm-hmm. with our youth group and so it's at the old hospital and so it wasn't a hell house it was called uh well they called it a hell house hell but I, oh, guess it was tef- I guess it was technically oh, okay. like maybe it was like a revelation house yeah so this oh. one was based on the end times oh wow yeah but okay. it had some Harry of the same style. elements <laughs> that they had in that documentary so like uh so the beginning started with like or there was a part of it that included caves and like people hiding out and they would like there were all these <laughs> newspapers everywhere that were like it's like a bin laden oh thing my gosh. <laughs> well because they were hiding out from the for not having the mark of the beast and so so oh, then there were like these wow. guillotines set up that were like filled with baskets of heads. Should we gossip like, um, the Mark of the Beast real quick? Oh, so happy <laughs> to it. do that. Yes. Okay, so in Revelation, one of those things that is... Revelation is the last book of the Bible. Last it's book. To, it's kind and of the it future predictor. It's like that Mad Men episode where everyone's on LSD. That's yeah, Revelation. But like a lot bloodier. And <laughs> there's it, it's supposed to be kind of... It, it hasn't happened yet. It's kind of this prediction of things that are, that yeah. are to come. Written by John. John's by himself on the island of Patmos he has a vision out. and this is him saying it Genesis. and it involves a lot of lamps and a lot of trumpets <laughs> and seals mm-hmm. being broken wings and anybody who tells you Heads. that they know exactly what everything means in it they might be the Antichrist so run from that and then we'll also explain <laughs> what the Antichrist means mm-hmm. um, okay so one of the elements of it is this idea that people who accept the mark of the beast are essentially like Part of what goes with that is like that there will be a time in Earth's history where you will have to choose and that the world and the 
powers of this world will make you accept a mark. Some people think it's literal. Some people think it's figurative. Some people think it's a microchip that yeah. you put under your skin. Oh my gosh. I remember when what? the internet yep. happened, <laughs> I had a boyfriend whose mom would not let them get the internet because they were like, that's one step from the mark of the beast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's that one verse of like every eye will see or something. And yeah. I, I remember a DSL having a connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember having Bible teachers being like, what do you think television is? Yeah. You know, I think we're all going to, yeah, we're all going to watch the Antichrist come on the screen. Yeah. Like, oh, um, okay. And the, you know, really had the mark of the beast bell. Anyway, she did. And she talking. Just going to move on from there. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Continue. I'm sorry, Kevin. Um, so having the, mar- if you were like a Christian who was weak and scared of death and being killed, you would accept the mark of the beast beast but then that would mean that you weren't going to heaven anymore you were now like for sure damned to hell yeah is this explicit in revelation because i know a lot of the a lot of the most popular understanding of end time stuff comes from left behind which is kind of (laughs) which is definitely bible fanfic yeah 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 and yeah a lot of like common beliefs about this stuff i've found like aren't right translations or could be different like could go either way so well and the more i watch our current political things that are happening the more i'm like Christians are going to be right at the front of the line of being like, come on in, Antichrist, and not knowing. They always act like, they always are like, the Antichrist is going to come in here and like power us, overpower us, and we are going to be poor, sad people hiding in caves. Stand up with our chest out and be like, no. Yeah, and the more I know, the more I see, the more I watch, the more they're going to be like, we didn't know. And you're going to be like, talk to your friends. You guys are not telling the truth. (laughs) Sorry, I feel like we should, sorry to keep stopping your story but we Go should also it. explain like real quick what a hell house is supposed to be oh yeah 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 because it's supposed to be like playing off the haunted house idea but christian's fun spin on it and that and basically like people walk through several rooms where they see like sins being enacted out like mm-hmm. yeah like adultery or you know whatever and some of these things sins they will say being gay in the or documentary doing, having an abortion. one of them was checking emails <laughs> checking emails or yeah she's or, like, having an affair abuse <laughs> timely I guess so you go through these rooms and you see these like skits played out of people like participating in the sin and then you get at the end and you see the gates of heaven and then all the people that participated in the sin get like cast out and then they go to hell and then you go into the hell room and you take that little 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 fun spot in and then at the end, usually there's like a prayer room where a preacher mm-hmm. will be like... I think they called it the decision room oh in gosh. this documentary. <laughs> the situation boy, room. Yeah. was it? <laughs> the sit room. Yeah, and that's where like you, you work through like, oh, if you're really affected by this, like come get saved or yeah. else. So, sorry. Okay, so that's yeah. the idea. Yeah, so, so ours happened to be one that was based on the book of Revelations. Okay. But I remember like I, I did that maybe one or two years into being a Christian. So I didn't know any of this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember being... <laughs> There's, like, no context for all this, like, crazy. Oh, so it just seemed like an insane man. Yeah. It was just like, uh, and then there's a goat. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it felt very Seals. stressful <laughs> and, like, just very, very much... Like, and then I was like very worried for a lot of years about the rapture. Oh, yeah. And about like what I was like, the rapture has to happen. <laughs> and then having a youth minister be like, we don't know if the rapture is going to happen before or after. So you might have to go through 
the oh, both yeah. of you might have to experience it. Because like, there's like a seven year like hell on earth period. Yeah. And some people believe Christians get taken up to heaven before that. And some believes we go th- all the way through it and then get taken up or whatever. Yeah. So See, it all just becomes very scary. You, know what? It's you, po- can, you can just say it's poetry, whatever. <laughs> like like so much of that stuff. It's just like not going to affect your day to day life. But, that that's, much. but it's a huge premise that a lot of people base their faith off of. Yeah. Or just like that sure. fear alone of being a part of that. So. Tim yeah. Lehane, Jerry B. Jenkins. So you're seeing all of this, of it, and you're yeah. just like, beast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very stressful. <laughs> I w- it was. Was like, there an image that stuck out in particular? From um, that time? I just remember like that beginning part of this idea of like they're gonna cut your head off, and you better want, you better love God so much. And I was like, at this point, <laughs> only had been a Christian like a year or two, and I was like, straight up, like, God, I don't know that I would be okay with getting my head cut He's off. Like, I kind of like my head. I was like, I might go to hell, and then now I'm good, 13, but- and I got to deal with the fact that like I don't love God enough. That uh, I would take this mark of the oh, beast yeah. and then I'm going right to hell. And I'm like, I don't think you're a Christian kid unless you've had fear of the rapture <laughs> and hell. <laughs> and hell and probably demons as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Strong fear of demons. Oh, so deep, that's deep fear. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that. So this documentary, yeah, is a lot. Well, I actually did. I I had not heard anything about it before. The original plan that Caroline and I had, which we thought might be fun, is we should find a hell house yes. and go to it. Yes. Turns out, hard to do in Very Southern hard to California. Do. Well, I think hell houses are widely condemned by most of the mainstream Christian church. I think it's like, it's really only maybe in these like really Southern Baptist yeah, areas. Yeah, it's more of a fringe fundamental. I could find a lot thing. of them in Texas, but yeah, none in California, not in recent well, times. And this movie takes place at a church in Texas, Cedar Hill, which is like kind of a midpoint between Fort Worth and Dallas. Yeah. And it's a big one. It is a big one. Yeah, there's like 4,000 people in that church, I think. Yeah, but the, also the attraction, it just like brings in... A lot of cash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 5,000 people, people by the time the video was made. And they said 15,000 of those people had made decisions or like reaffirmed their faith. To be, yeah. To made like decisions is such an interesting innuendo. Yeah. The I way mean, that they, the way that they phrase that. Made so decisions. They open on the head pastor in front of his church sign. It's actually this all white background that they use. And this is before oh, Apple is commercials. Right. But <laughs> yeah. there's a way to look at this where it's like, oh, I guess they all got iPads later. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. um, but he kind of explains like why he's doing this. And I think it's really poignant kind of. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I wish you didn't have to see the things you're going to see. Me on a date. I wish our culture wasn't the way that it is. And we show the things every day in TV and movies and videos. Also me on a date. <laughs> what you're going to see in Hell House is a, a reality check. Me before coffee. We interpret the images and... I really feel it's our responsibility as the church to warn our culture like a, a watchman warning someone of danger. And uh, it's my responsibility and the church's responsibility, and I believe even others' responsibility, to warn them of the, the coming danger and what our culture is facing. If, if I don't do that, then the blood is not only on your hands for your sins, but it's also on my head and my hands for, for your sins as well. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really interesting because... To me, this was like, oh, this is why they're doing this. And this is why he's so intense and has such like a almost militaristic attitude about Mm -hmm. this like fun Halloween thing they do. Yeah. Is this man thinks that people's salvation is literally on his hands. Literally is not the right word, but like their blood, their sin is on his hands unless he 
puts the message out there, which one is like a crushing weight of guilt for one person <laughs> to carry. And two, I think it's probably translated into this righteousness where of like, well, I did my part. Like I told you the message. Like, so if you didn't choose to do it, like you're it's off a, my hands. Yeah, basically, it's a very, that kind of feeling. Totally. Yeah. It's a very works based perspective. It's a very salvation transaction based perspective yeah and and even you see that with like the statistics at the end and mm-hmm. anytime like if you go to the website now they still have it up for cedar hill which in this in the documentary i believe it's an assemblies of god church yeah. assembly of god yeah now it's a pentecostal church in 2017 so i, I don't it know it was what, a pentecostal church in this time i Is thought it was assembly of god it's an assemblies of god but it can fall in the more like as far as like a spectrum i guess i don't I yeah could be wrong. there are a lot of there's a lot of things i was reading they did something speaking, of, speaking in tongues and yeah yes, like what did. defines a pentecostal church okay so one this is by this one writer so you know this could be wrong but he said the first was an individual experience and the holy spirit's personal work in the life of the believer the second is orality with like i guess a lot of just like talking and speeches and things like that and they said that's why it actually does really well in non-literate cultures Third is spontaneity. Like, you just have to be able to have unpredictable events happen during the service. May <laughs> <laughs> I have a suggestion? Yeah. <laughs> it's like improv. Um, There's a back line of the yeah. elders, and they're like, just, like Doctor. leaned up against the wall. <laughs> Where's my Bible? <laughs> and the fourth, there's five. The fourth is uh, like an otherworldliness or asceticism, like kind of this mystical aspect, I think, or like the Holy Spirit's really important. And then the fifth value is a commitment to biblical authority and like a literal reading of scripture. Yeah. So I think I felt like this church fell into a lot of those things and seemed, you know, pretty Pentecostal. And then they're speaking in tongues and all that stuff. And what did this, did this documentary remind you of anything else? Uh, Did it remind you, oh, this is kind of like this other movie? Because for me, it reminded me very clearly. And I put it together during the audition scene. It reminded me of Waiting for Guffman. Besides, (laughs) it's your own fault. And what if you were pregnant? Do you really want to be your own sister's mother? Ugh. And that guy, he's <laughs> going to, is he going to ever want you? Knowing that you slept with your own father. How's this accent? Stacy and Jen. Sounds normal to me. Yes, that's right, Jen. It was very that's intense. Right, Jen. It's yeah. too late. You killed your baby. You're a murderer, Jen. Oh. Teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> It's midnight at the Oasis. I need to be teenagers. <laughs> oh, the auditions. Well, this is done by teenagers, so we have to give them some of a pass, but it was some of the corniest like, shit I've ever seen. It is, but I, I was, uh, yes, it was, but I was flabbergasted at what a parallel it was between Guffman. We're this small town yes ostensibly putting on a big show biggest show yeah. everyone's gonna see and they're like the stars of their town mm-hmm. and they're running it they're running they're going it from this thing. okay the, the pastor's that... corky st Clair. <laughs> <laughs> no the guy that um did the the like sound editing and stuff yeah. that like really soft-spoken like blonde oh he looked kind like, of like he looked like pennywise quiet man he was the orchestra leader to me oh sure yeah <laughs> he's just like kind of maligned and like yeah. used by everybody and it's kind of upset about it but it was it was wild <laughs> and i think too 
for people that wouldn't know for some reason, but please watch it if you haven't. Waiting for Guffman is a mockumentary. Oh, that's what you're promoting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just want to promote Waiting for Guffman. Don't watch Hell House. Watch Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> I would say I would recommend watching Waiting for Guffman. Absolutely. Uh, d- a mockumentary fake documentary by Christopher Guest starring Eugene Levy and mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara, Parker Posey, who we heard in Teacher's Pet. <laughs> About like a spin in my head yeah. since I saw it. Um, <laughs> But similarly to that movie, I feel like this movie makes a big decision to not really editorialize. So you just, unlike some documentaries that have narration or manipulative editing or mm-hmm. even like title cards, it, no one was identified by name in this movie. Yeah, the lower third. Yeah. It was just like time periods and some stats. Like right. Straight to camera testimonials. Yeah. And yeah. I, those kind of insets here and there. Mm-hmm. I found in my experience, even in just like researching this stuff in general for the podcast, that sometimes the, like the most damning things that can happen in terms of looking at a culture, like if you really just kind of want to dunk on people is when you don't slant it at all you know what i mean where you yeah, don't give it an angle where it's just like okay, here it is like yeah. a, like reading a book like rapture reading where that quote came from and that was an editorialized quote that i used but but for the most part like when things were really disturbing to him he would not comment on it in the book and i feel like this movie is the same way where it's not like they they're playing creepy music under it and in fact much like waiting for guffman they do a good amount to not imbue, but showcase the humanity mm-hmm. of the people involved, whether it be the single dad, you know, mm-hmm. praying over his daughter who oh, gets man. a seizure in this really intense moment. You see, you see this father's at home with his four kids. And I think, I don't, I don't know yeah. how old the daughter is, maybe uh-huh. two years old. Single dad. And she's, up. Mm-hmm. yeah. And she starts having a seizure and he prays over her. And it's like, oh man, they're just people. And in a weird way, especially because of the music and the filming choices, because this is before, the proliferation of digital video. It was shot on film. Yeah, it's, it's like really grainy. Super and grainy. Of, mm-hmm. And it reminded me of Friday Night Lights. Oh, the TV yeah, show. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, I would say that. Small town in Texas. This is their big event. Mm-hmm. This means a lot to them. They're just real regular people. So it's like this really interesting. I, I really credit the filmmaker for letting it be complex in a way because it's like there are this um, horrific <laughs> ideas on display, but at the same time, I don't think he's doing anything in particular to like look at these dummies or look at these yeah. like hateful people. It's just like I think hey, there's certain edit- editing things he did to kind of like tip his hand a little bit, like when um, like when he shows the uh, it's supposed to be like a. What's the gram? Pentagram, uh-huh. like for the occult, but they drew a, <laughs> it's star, just a of star of David <laughs> instead. Because, uh. well, and so, but yeah, you're right. And I think I was reading that that was the deal he made with this church. Like, in order to let me film this documentary, they said, like, you can't try to spin it in any way. And so he was like, okay, I'll just let you speak for yourself, basically. I think it worked for the benefit of the documentary. Yeah, I guess some of the only things, <laughs> the only editing quote-unquote manipulation, I would say, because usually when I think of like editing manipulation, I think, oh, you put together two things and you made a false thing. But one thing he does do (laughs) is let the camera run maybe a little longer than it needs to. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. For certain scenes. Or like the interviews where they just finish saying something like kind of crazy and then they just stare at their camera. Yeah, for a while. I mean, we could talk about the script writing scene if you want to. Um, I thought this was fascinating and like, because it's put on, it's put on by the youth group technically, and so all the kids in the youth group and like the junior high and high school are the actors in this hell house, mm-hmm. and it's so 
bizarre and like kind of chilling in a way how for them this is so clearly a status symbol and and like this big thing that like the popular kids or the kids that are really good at like being involved in youth group yeah they were like to hear them be like oh i want to be the rape girl yes or like oh she did rave girl last year but i want to do rave girl this year but like the really good one is suicide girl yeah or abortion girl is like the one that's really oh yeah the one the girl celebrates yeah so this is She did it. I That's got her it. reading her name that she got to be abortion girl and she's cheers in a hallway. And it's just all the auditions. That was the hard thing. First uh. of all, I don't like reality TV very much anyway. Um, so like I don't I'm not watching American Idol because it's not on TV anymore and I don't like the auditions. Not for now. And so I can't do like the crying and the just like that constant audition like those kids are all coming in and and doing creepy voices or doing what they picture <laughs> a person who had an abortion yes. would, and they're crying and screaming and this kid's playing a demon and so they're doing a voice they think a demon would do and I was like that was part of the documentary that I was like I I'm listening but I also have to do something yeah. else while this is going oh, or on. they would finish their line and then they just like snap out of their character like yeah. she was just screaming and she'd be like was that good? Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, well, whoa. The, the girl who auditioned for Abortion Girl really went to a place when she did because she did start yeah, crying, Yeah, she, she did. She got moved. In her audition? Yeah. Well, and she's the, she's the daughter of the aforementioned single father. Yeah, she's With, kind of, you can tell she's kind of the golden girl a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like she gets the one of the big female parts and she's also a cheerleader and yeah. like, because they they literally mentioned in the audition room of like you know what we're not just looking for acting ability we're looking for commitment and people that are committed to the church and like we oh, know they won't clip. quit yeah you go there's like four major female parts and so they're in high demand and so a lot of people have good acting ability so you have to kind of sort through them and look at faithfulness you know commitment generally if they're faithful you know to the church and the youth group and they've been committed you know they'll, they'll be committed and they're not going to quit halfway through the month of October the word faithful and faithfulness, um, I think are <laughs> I think are fine words, but sometimes it can be innuendo for something else. Yeah, it means We're like attendance, someone, maybe, yeah. you know, or We're like for Oh, it a hundred per yeah. Yeah. it's a hundred percent attendance. Attendance or like how willing you are to like espouse all the beliefs or you know, go into mm-hmm. this. Like, cause even some of those like cause one guy was a teacher who was in like he's like, I'm the drug cartel guy and he's like writing stuff. And then, like, is very rough Got with the kids during it. the audition. That was and, disturbing. And I was yeah. like, I need to meet with that man privately to be like, what's up, bro? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was this weird thing of, like, there were some people who clearly had like maybe had a part in the stuff that they were pretending to do the and like got guy? too into it. Yeah. And then there were all these kids who for the most part are extremely sheltered, extremely conservative, like don't sleep with anybody. Don't do, dr- do any old. of this stuff. 15 years old. And for them, you can tell there's kind of this like morbid curiosity or like excitement or glamour What's about cathartic, being. I think. Yeah, about being someone at a party or being a girl that gets an abortion. And I stuff got like to that. slash my own wrists, and I don't yeah. know if we should put a trigger warning on this episode. But oh, yeah. I, did, did you guys find the lead up to the hell? Because in the last like maybe twenty minutes, twenty to thirty minutes of the documentary they do just kind of show the hell house and Mm -hmm. the different skits in it did you guys find that stuff to be more disturbing or or troubling to you or did you find the stuff leading up to it to be like that i think i found the stuff leading up to it more disturbing because you saw 
you saw like how flippant these people were with some really heavy stuff. And, and granted, maybe they do take some of it very seriously or whatever, but for them, it was so clearly like a skit, a play, something they put on and they would just, the way they would just toss it out like, uh, we need to bring that to rape scene number nine, you know, or whatever. Like it was stuff that was like, this is some of the people's deepest pain. And for them, it's play. And that, that was really disturbing to me and really well, sad. And you could just tell like, oh, you're not going to handle this well and make this comfortable for anybody who's like been through this stuff. Yeah. And you see that in that there's, there's one, uh, not a woman involved with the production, but a talking head <sighs> interview yeah. with a woman that's like, I had two miscarriages and there was like this really yeah. intense scene of like a botched abortion and it's bloody and stuff. And, yeah. and she was like, did she say she fainted? She fainted yeah. Yeah. in the room. So the question with all of this is like, what's the goal? What's the success rate? What's the intention? Because I wonder too, how many people with the attendance being so high, how how many people for whom it is like, oh yeah, it's just kind of the freak show and these weird Christians do this stuff and mm-hmm. we're watching it. Because they, <laughs> and, and, and Ratliff does show, a lot of reaction shots of kids watching it. <laughs> some of them are laughing, but in some parts they are truly troubled by yeah, or just like shocked by what's happening. I think my hard uh, my th- so this was difficult for me to watch uh, for a lot of reasons, and part of it is like I know I feel like I know those people figuratively, mm-hmm. so I don't. For you listening at home, I don't know those people, <laughs> but like I know those that people. type of person. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and like how genuine. Like I remember there's a scene where a guy's like he's he's hyping that rave scene. He wants to do it because that was his former life. Mm-hmm. But then he starts talking about date rape drug, and he goes, "Oh, can What's I play that rape? clip? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah." What happens at a rave scene? Sorry. I've seen more than anything is people will just take what's put in their hand. I have no idea what they're taking. Uh, there have been times when I've left a rave and. Literally, just you know, they'd have to drag a couple dozen bodies out. You know, maybe not that many. I what does that mean? But maybe, Are they dead? You know, eight to ten bodies a rave. You, at more dangerous ones, you would see, uh, especially local ones. Um, and you could see the drug paraphernalia all over the floor. So, and he also calls uh, it drug but paraphernalia. In this particular scene, it's a date rape drug, which unfortunately you don't really find just on raves anymore. That's that's found everywhere. Uh, what is the drug? Um, I, I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. I, Tim knows what it is, which, uh, and to be honest with you, I don't know if it's the, act, the, the phrase itself, the name of it's going to be said in the script. Uh, Doesn't remember the name. Uh, I haven't seen the new script written yet. I haven't had a chance to take, go over it, but I do it's know that weird dodginess the date it. rape drug itself. Yeah, it's he doesn't know what it is. I, guess hey, you I don't say, know. Officially, scientifically, in society, it is going to be an official date rape drug. All right. <laughs> so Wait, there's, there's, if you go a few sentences further, he says, I've seen girls on the date rape drug. Or he's explaining to some of the mm-hmm. actors like how to behave on the date rape drug. Yeah, and their practice. And yeah. that like f- fucking blew my mind because he was like, you saw girls on the date rape drug? I hope you helped them. I don't know. Why yeah. are you, well, and what year was this made? So it was like 2000. And he's like reveling in how much he like knows about it and was all into it, and but then yeah. doesn't know the name of the. It was either two thousand or two thousand one. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Go ahead. So the issue. So my issue is this: like on one hand, I remember being a youth group person who would have been excited about the idea of a church willing to tackle hard, real things. Yes, yeah, and that's how I would have perceived it. 
I would have been like, this is hard and weird. I'm glad somebody's at least talking about it. Yeah, like talking about the real things that people do. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. Because there surely are people, like some of those stories were so contrived. They're like, this is like this person's being raped, but they're being raped by their uncle and then they're having a baby by their debt and you're like whoa okay wait what (laughs) um but i'm sure that there are people who came through who had experiences like that so on one hand my struggle is like this demand for churches to actually acknowledge that stuff is going on and then on the other side is like how do we not make it seem silly how do we not like like the people who are going through those things aren't like a lot of times aren't like ha 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 I love having abortions tra la la yeah it's the most painful thing you know yeah yeah and so so that's I think like that's for me I was like on one hand I don't know where the line is like clearly I don't know that I would I wouldn't make this the line. But, no, but that well, I think it's the con the context of turning into a sideshow. That is the most one of the more difficult things about it because it's like if you engage with conversation about those things, but then especially the fact that it is so clearly this is the path to hell. This is what happens. That's the that's the difficult thing because it's that's like the horror. of Well, this. if if you and and I know technically at the end it's like there's forgiveness, come through it, and then the ones that are like no, I don't need it, and then they go to hell. I don't know. And apparently there was a lot of positive decisions, and you see that stat, and you see footage of it, but it's like. But is that just fear based decision? I mean, it's literally fear based. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's literally fear based. Yeah, it's one thing for a church to to of course talk about these issues and like acknowledge like, Hey, this happens to people, but the way that it plays out in these hell houses is like they made the decision. It's their fault. And rather than looking at that person with compassion, which is what you need most in these like horrific situations, they're like, boom, your decision led you to hell. Like it's very much your responsibility is all on you. This is it. This is the only pathway you get. So make your call basically and 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 literally the girl that gets you know gets the date rape drug at the rave or whatever and she gets raped and then she goes back to her house and she she eventually like kills herself their their point in the being skit, in the skit to yeah be clear. <laughs> the point being it was her decision to even go to the rave and then it was to be at the rave and then it was to take the cup or whatever it was like classic victim shaming of like yeah and it she doesn't made account this choice. for things like mental illness and- yeah oh yeah well and i'll tell you the thing that i that i have honestly the biggest issue with and it was only a tiny part of the script and that's why i was like was what? it Magic the Gathering? It, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we got to talk about the that. Gathering. Love it. Magic. Magic. Colon the, the Gathering. gathering. Colon. Is it called Wait, The Gathering? Go back to The Gathering. This made me <clears> want to stab like, pencils in my eyes. This is so, so funny. They're want. magic cards, but the game is called The Gathering. <laughs> this is from Waiting magic for Gathering. Yes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting it role-playing <laughs> games such as Magic. The role-playing games like Magic the Gathering. Introduced her to role-playing games. Pre-wiki, pre-wiki. Such as. Such as. Magic and the Gathering. It's called Magic. The Magic Cards? <laughs> how, do, how do you, they're just called, so what the are they called? the game Magic. This is They're good. called Magic. This is The good. Gathering. Yeah. <laughs> it's called The Gathering. Um, magic. The Gathering. I could well, not. Just say, playing Magic. Okay. Playing Magic. I've got Kristen right where I want her. The process that has gone on for years. As she read Harry Potter books as a child, Harry she Potter became books. interested in the other side. At junior high sleepovers, side. she played with the Ouija board. 
How do you spell that? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> um, Sounds like using a Ouija board. <laughs> uh, the, thing, the thing I really didn't like that I have my biggest theological issue with uh-huh. and is there is a tiny shard of a scene where a demon is going after a girl. So the whole, all these rooms include a demon who is trying to convince a person to do this thing. In the most whiny, exaggerated, yeah. shrieking voice. I guess you're gonna kill yourself. Okay, you come with me. me. Yeah, and so part of the issue, part of like what is credited to you as sin is the fact that you believed these demons. Yes. And what I didn't like was there was one scene where a demon was going after a girl and an angel intervenes and goes, no, she's mine. And the demon has to go away. Mm -hmm. But everybody else, no one else got that yeah, I'm Treatment. like, so what? So it's Calvinism. To, yeah, to yeah, me, that oh, was absolutely. my bigger issue is like, Which oh, sucks. God only intervenes in some people's some life. People. Yeah. And some of you are bad and you're going to pick bad. And this person was going to pick bad, but God, whatever magic thing they did, God intervened. Well, the magic for her was the magic words of God help me. Like God save me. Like she says that phrase and none of these other assholes said yeah, that, that phrase. Open, that was, so, that was which is, biblical open sesame. I yeah, guess. which is to me, that is my biggest bone to pick, which I'm sure will get lots of hate mail for me saying that. <laughs> lots but of hate. We haven't gotten any hate so mail. So much hate mail. We're open to it, Hell though. mail, please. Hell, Hell mail. The next Hell mail. GoodChristianFun at gmail.com. <laughs> um, but that, to me, was the bigger issue that I had, which is that God intervenes on some of you, and the rest of you believed the devil, and yeah. God isn't going to and help you. And you're stupid for believing in your moment of big, greatest weakness, yeah. and also. And it's for- less about you being homosexual, or you, like, wanting to murder your classmates it's more because you believe two of the same things (laughs) yeah yeah it's like oh it's because and that to me is like okay that's not accounting for mental issues for health issues for years of trauma what you're saying is like all that stuff might happen to you but if you don't say the magic words no angel will intervene exactly yeah something terrible will happen and you reject god's not listening until you say the magic word yeah that to me is the my biggest issue yeah with that whole hell house setup which is like when you're in a place of duress you're not like oh the only words not coming out of my mouth are god help me (laughs) that's the last thing i'm going to say because yeah. I want to be depressed and I want to <laughs> blow up my school. I, my, I really wanted to make all take that day break drug yeah. and get in there. That was one and, thing yeah. too is like their commitment to triggering people with when they were talking in the pre-production for that year's Hell House, they're like, yeah, we did, you know, we did the Columbine thing last year where it's like, you recreated Columbine yeah, and they were Hell like, House? we got a lot of attention for that. Well, not attention, interest, I'd say. It was like, uh, you probably got annihilated Wild. for including that, like, that would, real tragedy. That'd be like if one of our churches said, like, come to the Las Vegas recreation yeah, uh, or the 9-11, yeah. like... This entire, entire, like, skit is a horrible trigger warning, <laughs> like, what they've done. Yeah, maybe this podcast people is, people were definitely, too. like, affected, and, like, that woman passed out, you know? So I think that, to me, which feels so tiny, but I think that is what a lot of people... I think that's a hang-up in that, like, well, why does God let this happen to her? To him, but he saved you yeah, but for whatever it may she be. She gets a special mercy that they didn't. Yeah. yeah, he had to experience this, but you don't because you knew the secret and he didn't. And yeah, he's gonna and be then punished it feels arbitrary. It. it doesn't well, the, feel. I feel like the theological key to everything that that this is based on is what I, what I kind of mentioned earlier of like that salvation transaction, which is a, how a lot of evangelicals view Christianity or view like how you become a Christian mm-hmm. or not, is like 
did you ever ask Jesus into your life? If you did, <laughs> you're fine. Like you're good. Go on your way. Carry on, you know, like try to do the good stuff. And then if you didn't, boom, you're done for hell. Yeah. And it's not even really about like the life of knowing God or like community or relationships or anything. It's like purely that moment where you say the magic phrase and then you're in. And so that's what this whole thing is set up to do to like literally scare people into, into that moment. Empty religion yeah. and legalism. It's and a sales pitch for, you know, heaven or I guess not hell. The decision room. Yeah, let's talk about the decision room. The so, climax of So Clubhouse. they everyone goes to hell. <laughs> oh actually, yeah. Can we talk real quick about the hell room? Yeah, the because hell room was There's everyone, a guy that looks like he's in insane clown posse like walking around yeah there was some juggalos in there and there's some kids like <laughs> in handcuffs just kind of like lazily swinging back and forth i was nervous <laughs> about the kids huffing in all that dry ice okay i was like get them out of there that really <laughs> that really kind of pissed me off actually they're, they're so they made this it was cool visually actually but they made a hole in the bottom <laughs> of the floor and then they had it's like the size of a coffin basically they had two girls get into that hole put fog in there from a fog machine Don't and then covered the it with a plexiglass sheet and then had them like bang against the glass as you walked over and it. Like, I was like, Don't touch the lights. They're really hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, make sure you get a good, like small, slow breathing. Yeah. I that was is like, just gonna die. Those are children in there. This is not safe in not any safe. shape or and form. And one of the pastors like, don't put any of the littler kids in there. Their parents will freak out if they see them in there. Their lame parents are going to yeah. ruin the fun. Parents here. always wagging their fingers <laughs> at the plexiglass death trap. And then they go into the decision room after they go to hell. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and it's super brightly lit, with like it's just like a church lights, office, like looking a random place. room. Yeah, yeah, it's not a small done room up too. Or, yeah. yeah, and they have a they have a little speech. How y'all doing? Can I get your lineup over here, please? That's when Major yeah, Pain comes possible. out. Yeah, that was Major Pain. Yeah. Don't got lean it. against it, though, please. Don't lean against it. How's everyone doing? Bad. My name is Lara. Super bad. I don't like Hill it. House 10. From this point on, there is no more masks, death monitors, or gunshots. But Hell this House is the most 10. important part. We didn't of mention the that they used real tour. guns in this. Uh, so I'm going to ask you yeah, crazy. Me, please, your full attention. This is not a scare tactic. This is not a guilt trip. But we're going to kill you. <laughs> this okay. is not a what guilt trip. What this is about, trip. as you saw in each scene, someone died. And when they died, they went to either heaven or hell. There are people in the next room waiting to pray with you should you walk to the door of the question I'm about to ask you. If you were to die tonight, do you know where you will go? Or do you think that you know? Because if you think that you know, then you're taking a chance with your soul for eternity. So my question is this. By walking through that door, you're saying one or two things. I want to get right with the Lord because if I were to die tonight, I don't know where I will go. Or I'm through all it's about. Games. Or I'm a piece of so shit. You. <laughs> yeah, you're a you garbage person. This part. I'll wait. Six seconds. Six seconds. Oh, gosh. Five seconds. <laughs> he does a damn countdown. Which is it easier to do? Stay here. Caroline. What you know that <laughs> you've done. And you've not got I run right off into God. my bedroom. Ah! <laughs> go through that door, knowing what's tugging at you. Oh, man. What's tugging? I have a particular trigger seconds. with tugging. I got another group coming. Yeah, that's gross. We're out Two of time. Seconds. One. Let me close it. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst part. I just feel for every kid that was probably in that room who, like, so scared. 
Yeah. Feeling very confused and haunted. And then a man shouts at them in a glaring bright room. <laughs> you have six seconds. And the, actually the part that was really like, oh, irksome to me was he wasn't like, if you don't know where you're going, if you think you know, do you even think you know? Yeah. Which like what Christian kid hasn't had this moment you where they're like, am I going to heaven? I don't like, know. I I'm not sure. I said it one time. It truly is. Do you want to go to heaven with mommy and daddy or you want to go to hell? Oh, it's and, he, and the, the fact that he guys. said this isn't a scare tactic or a guilt trip. Then what are what are you doing right now? Are you kidding me? One of the criti- uh I feel like for me personally, again, everyone on the internet's been lovely, but I've gotten a few real life personal criticisms for the podcast. Ooh, let's have Mostly it. Mostly from white guys because white guys uh got opinions. They know everything. They love to rebuke. It's it's, it's sports. their job. Yeah. And uh one of them was someone said I was put a gun to the head of Christianity and taking a hostage. And oh, really? Yeah. Which With this podcast. With this, kind of the Bruce Willis of the Christian podcast. <laughs> you got Amy Grant clips. Baby, baby. I'm going to kill you, Christianity. Uh, but then also from that same criticism, oh, you're being flippant. You're being flippant about things that are important. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I want to be flippant about things that are not important, and I don't about things that are. I feel like the subject matter and the things touched upon in this movie are things about which I would not want to be flippant. No. And I feel like the Hell House people were. And again, Mm -hmm. it's easy to sit from whatever chronological position or distance and say, well, they did it wrong. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. I would do it good. That being said, I do feel like systemically, not even this hell house and these people in Cedar Hill, like who knows their hearts? I don't know. And again, this documentary is very humanizing to a lot of these people. But I feel like it is. It, there are certain principles and things in it that are so much more damaging to both Christian and non-Christian people in a long-term sense than not is i guess what i would say about all that and even that stuff at the end where it's like i know we've had fun and games but now let's really do business mm-hmm. yeah like what if that was that, fun that's flippancy because it's not a conversation it's you know go get your blood pumped or whatever it it just it's mm-hmm. a it's a process more than uh a relationship or a dialogue the only dialogue was with those <laughs> Kind of woke, but still problematic kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who had some interesting... Oh, God bless those kids. Yeah. Can I play that clip? Please. Were you going to say it's something? That's stereoty- stereotypical Christian faggot shit. Okay? <laughs> problematic. The fucking whole shit with a fucking faggot dying. Right. I was fucking offended by that. I got gay friends. Okay. <laughs> Who's to say, if you're gay, you're going to go to hell or heaven? Who's to say that? His choice... Was to be gay. His choice... So he's going to hell. ...was the life of homosexuality. What does the Which, Bible say about homosexuality? What's wrong with being gay? What if I chose I was gay? I'm offended by that. No. Okay, sir. But Christian, what if I chose I was gay? No. I was offended by that. Back up. What would you do back then? Listen to me. Oh, you're going to hell, sir. my son. Listen to me. Sir. No. Listen to me. Go ahead. Okay. It's okay. Sir. No, it's cool. It's cool. You know? I can respect what he's saying. Huh. I guess my question is, what did you think okay. House was presenting huh. when you came into it tonight? If there's going to be fucking stereotypical like that, I'll fucking... Because I've met Christians that are actually very open-minded yeah, about we things. Have yeah. a friend this is, a is very... why people are so turned off to the Christian religion. Was that in there the way 
it seems that they're stereotyping that, okay, if you're gay, you're going to hell unless you say, okay, I'm no longer gay, I do not, I was I not God, born this way, whatnot, whatnot. You okay. make it too because cut and dry, why? It's too why? black because it was gay? and white. There's no They do interrupt area. him a it's lot, like but I understand. Area, which is what life is. Yeah, because... Like, suicide scene. Yeah, to his credit, he listens to all of this. And he's not a dick. Our natural thing is self-preservation. Committing suicide is obviously not self-preservation. Yes, exactly. And you're saying you go to hell for killing yourself, but at the same time, if you're not in the right mental state, <laughs> this girl is like she's woke. She's like 16 <laughs> or 15, maybe. She's so on point. I want to watch her documentary. So that is like, by the way, that felt almost like an Aaron Sorkin scene where the kid teaches the old authority figure, like, <laughs> actually, what you don't understand is this, Sam Seaboard, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. Uh, I th- I just think that uh, similarly to what you said is that if any I don't know that if I had been through some of those things that I would have broached a conversation in the way they had and so part of me goes some of you probably had some experiences with some of these things without a doubt but it's easy to paint a picture of what a depressed person looks like when you've never experienced it or come through it or had kids or experience what it would take to get to the place where you were 16 and pregnant and then deciding what to do and deciding to not be pregnant anymore and going Mm -hmm. through an abortion and the complications that can go with that it's like if you if i had honestly gone through the room and the people who decided to include that portion and then wrote the lyric wrote the words of the script for that i don't I would wonder how many of them had experienced it themselves. Because if they had, I do not know that they would have portrayed it in the way that they did. Of the scriptwriters? Yeah. Yeah. I just like, that to me is like that arrogance of humanity, which is like, oh, I know what it must be like. To, yeah. Yeah. To, I know what every person it's who has an abortion is like. argument. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I know the decisions they did to get there. And yep, I can sum it up. Yeah. I can imagine. And so it is like this. And this is what happened. And you're like, oh, man, if you had really been through that experience, I doubt. Yeah. Well, there's none of this the context like before this. what they were like after what they're yeah. like. You know, it's <laughs> just, uh. Yeah. There is um, one scene in the Hell House that apparently was taken from real life, which is the single dad's story. Mm. I don't know if you know. It wasn't quite so like weird. that, but yeah. it was weird. And I, I guess he had asked them to write this scene or whatever, but it's the domestic abuse scene. And the husband catches the wife cheating on him on the internet because he sees like an email from her from her boyfriend or whatever. Does this feel particularly Which, slanted with violence against women, by the way? Oh, it's the all pretty much against the it women. It is uh, a woman who had a failed abortion. It's a girl that kills herself. It's a wife that gets beaten. Mm-hmm. It's a girl that takes a roofie. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Um, but but uh, but uh, this guy, I don't think, beat his wife in the story, but mm-hmm. it's the same premise of like he caught her having an affair or whatever. And they do this really interesting thing where they like show him watching that scene. It's like what Pete Holmes must feel when he watches Crashing. (laughs) (laughs) And it, I don't know, I was reading something about that scene about the look in that guy's eye as he's watching it and it's not like happy and it's not like triumphant but you do feel him like so engrossed in taking it in Mm -hmm. of like what's happening. Like that guy experienced some of that, you know? And I was wondering like, did he feel like this was accurate or did he even care? Did he want it to be like some... I don't know, kind of like vindication for his story too. I don't know. And you're like, you just tried to think of as many terrible things as you could put in one scene. Yeah, that's what feels morbid about it sometimes is it's like almost overly violent or overly dramatic. Yeah, and not that these things aren't violent or aren't, you know, 
like inherently dramatic or terrible, yeah. but like yeah, it does feel like ooh, and then uh, then there's a human sacrifice, and yeah. then um, they do this, and they do this, and this, yeah. and this, and they're literally handing these kids like real guns with blanks in them, but real guns that the cop. Real <laughs> one guns. point, he's training the girls to use I the cop. Screamed. Minutes before the show starting, like none of them had handled it yeah. before, and he was like, "Okay, uh, here's what you do: cock it back. This is a blank. This is how you know, and here you go." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, and that that like glamour to it of like, ooh, how how like dastardly can we make this? And I don't think people in the South see guns as glamorous. Uh, on a lighter <laughs> note, <laughs> oh, we're really ripping the South tonight. Much I, love to the South. I'm but from Texas. You're is, from Florida, yeah. <laughs> which are both fake South. I have family in Oklahoma and Texas. That's right. So I get They're it. the real South. Yeah. I can't leave it. I'll yeah. take it. I was in Tennessee. Can I can I play the line that made me laugh the most? Yeah. And this is this is not hopefully no this isn't being flippant but back to DJ <laughs> Dwight there's not Schrute. a lot that's funny in this movie oh, that DJ. no but Magic the Gathering was yes. and also this line just got me this one here says Joy Electric oh, that's right. this one here says Jessica and the DJ this is him showing graffiti that they're doing that he so, just did on Joy Electric is a club. Christian band it's a Christian band why would that be the graffiti <laughs> They it's a good keep it safe you know yeah. earlier he's wearing a joy electric t-shirt also yeah. none of them cuss in their scenes which is kind of funny when you think about it too I and they're like playing the worst one like yeah. you're a real meathead <laughs> this one over here said acid burn which is a name of a hacker from hackers this is this is my name thaddeus you can't tell but i can see it now that's my name thaddeus over there on that wall i only have one thing there it says groovalistic quick fix machine which uh, actually is the name of my website. So <laughs> he's loving this VH1 pop-up videos I mean, of his life. Cribs. If that's moment, not yeah. Fred Willard showing you around yeah. the dog shit, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely. And like, he's so gleeful. Like, oh yeah, this yeah. is um, hackers from yeah, hackers. hackers. They're hackers. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it makes you like the guy more than like, yeah. oh, this dummy. Like it, it, they, I did try to find his website, by the way, and it is uh, unfindable. Uh, did you try .geocities.com? No, I <laughs> didn't. Been the trick. I just did .com. .com. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I guess we should get into our final thoughts about this documentary. Sure, yeah. Melissa, now, will you start us off? Melissa, the way this works is we're going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the form of a holy roast or holy toast. So, holy toast, we're going to send this documentary to heaven where the angels will be toasting it forever. Or, and very apropos of the episode, we're going to give it a holy roast and send it to hell where it belongs. Maybe. So we'll start with you. It's definitely not going to heaven. Um, I want to give it The purgatory. documentary, though. I think we should be rating the documentary. Yeah. The documentary, also probably not going to heaven. I'd like, I'd still, like, it needs purgatory. It needs time sure, to think about sure. what it did wrong. Uh, so I guess, I guess I'm giving it a thumbs down. I mean, ugh, I don't know. Holy Rose. I have a lot of mixed feelings about keep this going, documentary. talking about it. Yeah, yeah. The hard thing is like I know that the person that I was in the year two thousand would have been so pumped, not necessarily for all of these things that they chose to do, but would have been like, "Thank goodness the church is like being real and being honest." And and I also didn't grow up Pentecostal, so there were parts of that documentary also that I think now I have theological issues with as far as like some other things they show during their church services. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? Well, I the last couple of weeks. Like- the Lord really wants us to build up our lives through prayer language. 
I know that's what I feel like doing. I feel like talking to the Lord in a language that you don't understand. Yeah, this exact thing. Latin. So, what if he said let's do that for Cantonese. Just a of yeah. <laughs> you just go to the Lord in your love language? You guys do yours privately. Mine will go through this in the mic. Yeah. Wait a minute. When Michael Jackson says Shimon, is that him speaking in tongues? <laughs> I will have to wait and see if there's. I do think speaking in tongues could be a real thing, and he may be doing that. Perhaps, but I'm not closed forever to it. I'm not closed either, but. <laughs> He sounds like he's doing an Adam Sandler impression, <laughs> like speaking Japanese or something. Let me uh, let it, let me reconfirm. <laughs> There's some Italian in there. There's some the voice. I'm sorry. I don't. Want to, oh, oh, I don't want to be sacred, but I just. Yeah, again, so I don't want to dog on it, but uh, I mean, there's the whatever God's play. There's theological stuff like if you're doing it in public, is it real? Is it not? Go Google it, kids. Who cares? I don't. I have less issue with people speaking in tongues. I have an issue with a person. Holding their microphone, speaking in tongues Doing into a the microphone, performative speaking in like, tongues. Yeah. yeah, and now is ministry time, and now I will speak in tongues <laughs> right now. The spirit's hitting me because it is time to do it according to the schedule. Can we turn the volume up on me? As we go? yeah, you guys do your schedule. Wait, no, that's just brown eyed girl. Yeah, la 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 la, just kissy girl, kissy girl. Sweet. the crab was a pastor. <laughs> that you guys weren't watching it, so Sebastian you doing was, a was service in the lagoon. Yeah. 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 He's Jamaican. Um, so, yeah, my this is like one of those things where I'm like, I get why everybody wants to punch Christians in the throat, and then on the other hand, I'm like, maybe a few of you need to be punched in the throat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, this is one of those documentaries where it like it was hard to watch just because I'm like I get it and I know all the terrible parts of it and also I know what they are hoping to do mm-hmm. and trying to do and I'm grateful for people who are like trying to reach culture yeah but I also know it's so messy when you want to reach culture but like stand back from it yeah like the interesting thing about uh the idea of Christ touching a leper is that like you shouldn't touch a leper you shouldn't be within according to Jewish law it's like 30 feet and so to imagine Christ getting close enough to actually touch a person that has a communicable disease is mm-hmm. like we don't always think about that and so I always see like these Christian Christian examples of a person trying to touch a leper but like do with it with a 10 foot pole yeah, <laughs> yeah from 30 feet away and in that 30 30 foot distance is all kinds of room for weird stuff to happen mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm glad you wanted to approach the leper. But Take the few more steps to yeah, get there. <laughs> yeah, you left 30 feet of room for error of mess. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like, why didn't they get it? And you're like, because <laughs> they were 30 feet away. Yeah, what you, did they think I've been? Their ears are gone. You're they poking them with a stick. They poked them right in the ear mush. Yeah, you did, yeah and you didn't communicate in That's advance NIV. what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, look that up. In you the came NIV. out of nowhere with your sticks flailing. It's not yeah. good. Oh, boy. All right, Holy Rose from Melissa. Holy Rose from me. Caroline. Sorry, I love you.
Uh, yeah. She's so exhausted. <laughs> I am. I've, I've thought about this movie so much the last few days. Caroline like, confessed to me before we started. She's like, this is going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one. And I've had a great time. No, I mean, it was just going to be tough of how much stuff is really upsetting in this, yeah. you know? Um, but the discussion itself has been delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So as a movie, you know, as a documentary, Send that, send that shit to heaven. That's great. You know, send that shit to that heaven. That was fascinating. That was in depth. It was humanizing. It was interesting. It was expansive, but also like focused. It was a really great movie. Um, but man, was it painful to watch because I have that similar, I think, feeling of, yeah, I probably was one of these people at, po- at a point in my life. And I also, if I wasn't, I would have been totally sympathetic to these people in my mm-hmm. life. In fact, I remember watching one of these kind of documentaries in my Bible class. I think, was it Jesus Camp? In high school. No, it was about like Halloween stuff. I think it was actually one of those things that was supposed to scare me away from witches. Like the occult? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're thinking of Hocus Pocus. <laughs> That was Halloween Town. One, two, made three. Look Halloween is cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think at that time too, I would have been like, "Yeah, look at all the look at all the people being saved. Like they're doing good work." Yeah. You know, I would have been like, "The numbers show they're killing it." And yeah. like, yeah, yeah, and look at all these people who otherwise would not have come to church but came to this thing. Yeah. Uh, but that said, uh, what a warped show they put on what a warped Mm -hmm. view of non-christians what a warped view of people that have been through some of the worst stuff that you can experience on earth and what like a sickening thing to watch them play act with it and pretend for you know i know they have purpose and i know they're being sincere but man to see them getting lost in the dramatics and lost in the theatrical theatricality and everything and and forgetting that there are real people that have experienced this and that this would be probably the worst thing for them to see uh was really hard to watch and was like really upsetting and there were so many times that i just like paused the movie and like furiously take notes of like everything they said because i just couldn't believe it and so yeah and so from the place i'm at now i'm like man what what damage and what what stuff that they're probably still figuring out. And they're still doing these hell houses at this church. There is one and they have a very cool looking trailer. It's called rail and better graphic design. Yeah. (laughs) They're in year 27 of doing it. They've been doing it since 1991. Yeah. So, uh, it's very dangerous. Totally toast. <laughs> so, totally toast. Love them. Great. Um, yeah, I think, well, it's in the title. We're sending them this situation to hell documentary to heaven. Yeah. Am I allowed to do that? I think we're totally allowed to do that. Okay. And for me, this is, I, I have to, I align with Caroline on most all this stuff where, you know, we've done three movies on this show so far. We did Fireproof, we did Christian Mingle, <laughs> and we did this. And those movies were annoying in some ways and flawed in some ways and funny and fun to watch in some ways. This was heartbreaking to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think as a movie, it did exactly what George Ratliff wanted it to do. He sold, I, I think his intention for and his aim for it was completely accomplished. And just showing this community and this town and the, the ecosystem of relationship mm-hmm. and the power dynamics yeah. and, the, and the excitement and fervor around it. And that said, I put it in the Requiem for a Dream category of, I saw it, I think it was really, it's a really good documentary. I won't see it again. I will not Thank because you. it is not fun <laughs> yeah. to like watch all this stuff. And I, and as like a, a, a counterpoint, I, this is the kind of stuff, even if you're, even if you're not a Christian man, that 
kind of inspires you to go a different way with this in terms of like compassion and kindness and acceptance of other people. And if you are a Christian, I feel like it should set your ass on fire. Like, oh, we got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're not, I mean, I don't know. Just (laughs) maybe it gives you some weird warped eye into the world of what makes people want to do that and give it, give you compassion and a, you know, economic anxiety in the coal mining town sort of way yeah. but uh yeah for as a documentary i give it a holy roast it's a good documentary you mean toast oh no holy toast i mix those up <laughs> that's bad for me to do i know our segment titles are difficult <laughs> <laughs> so with that two to one i'm sorry you're outvoted melissa this doc's going to heaven all right <laughs> that's the most ironic uh heaven or hell one we've ever had hell is going to heaven what a gangster in Norway? Yeah, that would be a movie. I don't <laughs> hell, all of hell goes to heaven. What if all of hell went to heaven? I guess that's heaven? the good place on yeah. NBC. Dogs Trading go places. to heaven or and or I don't know. hell goes to heaven. Hell? Coming this fall. <laughs> or Helen, a.k.a. me, goes Helen. to heaven. <laughs> Kevin can wait. Well, we want to know how you feel about this. So we're going to put out a poll on our Twitter, at Christian Fun Pod, and you vote and you give it a holy roast or a holy toast. Yeah. We'll keep it up for the next week when this episode comes out. You can find the documentary, by the way, on Amazon.com. I'd recommend you watch it if you can handle the kind of graphic and disturbing nature of it. It's really it's fascinating. Wanna, yeah. It, it's interesting and I think it is good. So Also, if you have any stories of your experience in a hell house or being part of one we'd or love to hear going it. to one, yeah, please, please send it in. I would love to read those and maybe we'll share it or something. Yeah, but for now... Go to Christian Fun Pod and Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> Hillary Clinton, heaven or hell? <laughs> we'll figure that out later. We'll be right back with more good Christian fun. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun, a church by me and Kevin. Uh, no, I didn't sign off on that. Well, you can just be maybe a ministry leader. Maybe you can do kids group. I'll do kids men. Awanas. Awanas. Hey, I'll be your sparky. That's where all the fun happens. Hey, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna Kevin. <laughs> Is that something yet? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, gang, I think it's time for a recurring segment we have on the show called The Hunt. For the worst Christian song of all time. Yeah. The worst. <gasps> all right. The way this works, Melissa, is we vote on the worst Christian song of all time each week. 
the current contender is going up against a new contender. Okay. So this current contender that we have, the presumptive champion, is something we voted on last week, and it is a song called, I'm sure you're familiar with it, it is a song called Big House by Audio Adrenaline. Oh, wow. Yes. My father's house, come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house. I do know this one. Yeah. Woo! Big table, lots and lots of food. Here it comes. Big, big Everybody now. Football! Yeah. Football's God sport for some reason. <laughs> All right, so that is what we voted on two weeks in a row. Okay, as the worst. As the worst mm-hmm. Christian song of all time. Now there's going to be a new contender stepping into the ring, and then we're going to listen to it, and then we're going to vote which is the worst Christian song of all time for this week. Okay, what and could be worse? The new contender for this week, and a special spooky Halloween theme, <laughs> is a song called... Harvest theme, you mean. Is a song called No Monsters. Hmm. No Monsters. Is it from Veggie Tales? God no. is bigger than I wish it was from Veggie Tales. Oh, that's what I was thinking. He's bigger than Godzilla. Oh, the monsters on TV. Oh, God is bigger than the boogeyman, and he's watching out for you and me. It's not that song. That's a good song. Oh, I like that one. This yeah. is No good. Monsters by Carman or Carmen. Here we go. I've sent you the lyrics. I've heard a lot about Carman. Yep. Never There's a lot to, to hear about. He was one of the first Christian songs I ever heard. What? One of his songs. When did I miss this? I uh, I don't even know how to describe the kind of artist that Carmen is. I don't know how to start. Where is he right now? Well, we got some kind of soundboard going on. Maybe he's in a swamp. Ah, <laughs> <gasps> oh, yeah! <laughs> oh. Spooky. The devil went down to Georgia. Oh, well, went to a lot of buildup. Just a little kid. I saw a oh my gosh! About a crazy lunatic, you see. He tried to kill these people on vacation with an axe. Then I'd imagine that this dude was after me. Well, laying in my bed that night, afraid and wide awake, I promise you, I saw a shadow move. But when I felt the evil spirit, that was it. I knew right then exactly what to do. I took authority in Christ. Oh my God! Fear flew away. I stood bold as a lion and ran it off when it heard me say. I'm shocked. In the name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this goes on for so long. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> this is one of the shorter Carmen songs, too. Oh my gosh. They're essentially like spoken words. It's not rap. He's a lyric writer, you know. He's a he's a poet. He's the Bob Dylan of Christian music. <laughs> Says an evil Actually, Bob Dylan's the Bob Dylan of Christian music. He goes while sailing. An evil spirit floated by my bed. Here it is. Then it happened. An evil spirit floated by my bed. 
I could hardly believe the nerve of this little punk theme. That line. line. All right. Hey. 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 I got righteously indignant. What? No. I was going to make that demon pay. The annoying thing came upon annoying me. Annoying thing. I it out when it heard me say. What did you say? All right. <laughs> what? Do we even have to vote? What kind of weird out no, non-parody... <laughs> I know Songs it's like someone is, is doing a weird owl of another song. It's like if someone imagined a phony Christian <laughs> children's singer. I mean, I why is he doing a Robert De Niro impression the entire I, time? Because he's kind of a guy from New Jersey. Hey, over a little bit of a lunatic. Okay, you don't mess with me. All I know about Karma is he's done a lot of these songs, and also his fan base is interesting, and he did do. As part of his Kickstarter for his new album, The President Trump Blues. And he's very pro-Trump. Huh. He's like, one day you're all going to be saluting Trump over here. Oh. oh. Wait. But so I don't want we... that to affect how we vote. So, so he's got the blues that people aren't respecting Trump? We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to dig into that we at will. a later date. We'll, we'll yeah. need to talk about that. Maybe on 4th of July so, weekend. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so no monsters. I don't want no monsters in my house. I just want to know what the songwriting session was like when they sat down to write this. <laughs> This yeah, feels do like, you think this was solo? Do you think this was a group effort? Yeah, it feels like one of those songs where people are like, they're not going to sing that. And they're like, they'll sing it. Uh, I just watch. I'm well, pretty sure he'll... This was a Lennon-McCartney joint, actually. <laughs> this was supposed to be on Abbey Road. <laughs> and uh, Simon and Garfunkel. They didn't surprising. use it. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Bridge I get Over that. Troubled Monsters. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I got so, righteously indignant. <laughs> I like that I took authority in Christ... <laughs> All fear flew away. I stood bold as a lion. Like a lot of Carmen's songs is him like killing demons and stuff. <laughs> kind of being this like, is Carmen okay? No, I don't know. He's, the, I get bad vibes. A lot of people have submitted his songs. No one yeah. submitted this actually. This was not a listener submission. <laughs> uh, we, we often get Satan Bite the Dust. Or another one we get is Satan A Witch's Invitation, which I thought might be fun. Is, he's trying to tell us he's in a satanic cult. Yeah, he's like, he's, you think it's a cry for help? He's like, he's help, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the music say, video is pretty wild, fun. too. Do you want to see oh, a little a bit of it? Video? Oh, yeah. Little Punk oh, Demon. Great. Then I got righteously indignant. <laughs> I like that line so much for some reason. <laughs> I wish that was the end the of the song. Of I got righteously indignant. The end. <laughs> so you can kind of get a vibe for this guy. Okay. I mean, it is a jam. Is it? But it's basically, I'm going to kill movie monsters? Well, that's Ali. No, Kevin, you're not really reading the the lyrics, okay? So what he's saying was he watched a scary movie, which kind of got him in a spooky mood already. And then he saw a real demon. This is like a shitty monster mash. Yeah. (laughs) It is the demon. It's like what we were talking about the other day if I wish uh, musicians did. Instead of Christmas albums, did like Halloween, Halloween albums. I mean, Carman is the closest we have to. You could Seems you could make like a it. Halloween it's album, kind of a of holiday themed. Yeah, I, I I I concur. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost, and I'm protected by the Lord of Hosts. Get out in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, true. Because I don't want. 
You got a young priest and an old priest. This is basically your manual for casting out some demons. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they used to teach them now. I'm going to make that demon pay. Yeah, like, it's a lot, a lot of, of like, macho. Revenge. Yeah, I'm yeah very him. macho, very like, I'm the uh, action star of this yeah, spiritual battle. He's going to he, GTL some demons. That's his life. <laughs> <laughs> he really leans into the like kind of grease of like, come on. I'm walking here, yeah, demons. I'm walking here, demons. <laughs> I'm walking here. Taxi, get this demon out of here. So guys, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a... This one is not as difficult as ones in the past have been. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I feel like this is pretty clear. I feel like this is a mess. This <laughs> has to be the worst Christian song. <laughs> okay. You're going to be sad you did this one so early. When 300 <laughs> episodes in, you're like, still, Carmen. <laughs> Carmen remains at the top. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I am already looking into the future of like, what can, if this is the worst Christian song, what's going to unseat this? But the thing is, like, we talked about this the last episode. Yeah, it's what's your parameters? Is it for kids? Is this like a kid's song? But the thing is, it was on an album for adults, and this guy has made kids' albums. Yeah. <sighs> but... But it is Maybe Listen, it is for I kids I 100% agree with the content of the song Oh my gosh <laughs> 100% Yeah this is what I used to cast out demons If they come in my old bedroom On TV there's the creep guy The alligator man I watch as he chases and hunts The peaceful family through the woods With only one thing on his mind He wants to eat their little kid for lunch you agree oh with that 100%? Gosh. That feels like an aside to the bulk <laughs> of the song, you know? It's verse two. All right. Well, Melissa says it's the worst song. Caroline, what'd say you? Oh, gosh. Now I'm in this existential thing of what is the basis that we're basing these I on? mean, this is what the hunt creates is existential crises. Really what is music? The worst song is really Shut the Do, Keep Out the Devil. Shut the Do, Keep, keep the Devil in the Night. Yeah, Shut that's the worst one. Until you put that one against this one, it has to be this one, right? Why Shut the Do? Is it. Can you. Cause, because <clears throat> youth choirs full of white children were oh, just going. Got it. Shut the Do, Keep Out the Devil. Yeah, yeah doing that like and, patois. Mm-hmm. And their choir minister is going, it's Shut the Do. The Do. Read those. Dito, oh sh- boy. short, not door. Shut Dito, keep up. <laughs> My choir did a shut Dido, like the pop star. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, that's, that's neat. <laughs> that's neat. Let's throw to Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw to Caroline. Okay. Um, I. Oh, this is tough because in Big House, I as I said before, I have theological issues with. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you did too. I mean, um, I mean I agree, but it's the but, re- um, but this this I'm gonna say the worst purely because I can't stand this character he's created. This Come like smooth talking like guy with a briefcase like devil went down to Georgia are gonna cast out demons and also yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm pretty hot. I want to. Th- I think he thinks he's, he's a very cool. hot man in this yeah, story too. Yeah. He's never been married in real life. He, oh, he doesn't have a family. He's available. What? You're married, well, Caroline. If things go south. If things go south. Oh no, poor Nate. We don't. We're Guys, not saying we want it to happen. Pray for Caroline's no. marriage that she doesn't leave her husband and go to Carmen. 
Let's say he gets raptured. Let's say the first one I'm looking up. Wait, Nate, Nate gets raptured, so and I don't. Yeah, he's clearly so I deserve Carmen at that point. <laughs> he's like Enoch and Elijah, just right up on into the sky. Ooh, deep cut. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how I would hope. He's yeah, such a good Nate Christian. Dies. I hope Nate and I both die same day, Enoch style. Suicide then you don't pact, die. Murder Sh- suicide. Do you pact. know the story? Yeah, yeah. Enoch and Elijah had a murder suicide pact. <laughs> yeah, you don't die. Then you yeah. just like Austin bye bye out of here. Yeah, mm-hmm, you take mm-hmm, that Willy Wonka mm-hmm. elevator right on up. Yeah, mm-hmm. through a murder suicide. Kevin, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, this is so bad. It's so. It is so. It is so undeniably bad. And I, as much as it's like you know, oh, you know, try to be even handed and and you know when you write the cold opens, like don't editorialize or anything. It's like oh, like never have an opinion. You Carmen know, okay. sucks. And I don't like him. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and I don't like. That may his be music. the strongest feeling you've ever expressed, ever expressed in my life. That's show. the strongest stance you'll take. The most committed in my life. To an opinion. No, he's bad. And maybe it's just that last song they did about the present, where he's like, "You're all gonna salute him one day." Oh, but, car man. But uh, I yeah, this is the worst song. <laughs> Unanimous. This, this is the worst song. It's bad. So yeah, that's it. All right. Big House, you're done. Big House, you're off the hot seat. You are gone. You may go back into the mainstream and enjoy <laughs> the love. Farewell, Big House, as John Piper would say. But now... Dang it, now I gotta listen to that Carman song so I many know. times. We gotta find a bad song for next <laughs> week. Help us listeners. Help us. Send us nominations, goodchristianfun at gmail.com. Should the listeners be able to vote on the worst song? I feel like that would get too complex. Maybe we'll do it for the tournament. We could do some polls. Yeah. 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 Would they vote the same way? Some. They may not. Pokemon go to the polls. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. I set you right up for that. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad though. You look so happy right now. This is the best part of my day. <laughs> it's playing that clip, not doing the podcast. <laughs> Just that clip. Yeah. And now it's time for what might be the most important part of the show. Melissa, we're not here to plug ourselves and seek the glory of man and ourselves. We're here to lift it up. And by it, I mean our own projects and social media handles and what we're enjoying in secular culture right now. So Melissa, we'll start with you. What do you want to lift up this week? I'm on social media at ohdarlinggirl, O-H. But I'm more important when I'm part of a comedy duo (laughs) and that is at Aaron and Melissa Aaron and Melissa E-R-I-N and uh, so we do lots of shows lots of things all of that is at AaronandMelissa.com very funny your partner Aaron McGowan yeah she's she's much more knowledgeable about Christian culture so anything I said wrong she's willing to correct me Mm, find her online I've seen it I've seen it happen (laughs) yeah she she will be the Paul to my Peter just going wild nice Um, (laughs) nice yeah (laughs) that's not what we say is nice on this show (laughs) continue um uh, things oh, things that are secular that I'm super into. I just watched Sex in the City for the first time. <gasps> I did have a fellow brother in Christ ask me if I thought it was edifying to watch it because oh he God. liked it. Uh, but then he was like, do you think it's glorifying for us to watch Sex in the City? And I was like, mm-hmm. yes. 
What a cool question. What a cool thing. Yeah. He's like, because I also really love Game of Thrones. And I was like, we don't have time today for this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kevin DeYoung setting the internet on fire with Christian should Listeners, let's pull. Is this edifying? <laughs> yeah. Is this podcast edifying? Are they soiling their minds or not? <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was at a Bible study. I had just done a Bible study with some girls take. on Tuesday nights, and then we ended it, and I started watching oh Sex in the City on Tuesday nights. A and metropolitan was, Bible study. I felt like I was watching a 30-year-old, like a women's 30-year-old Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like, this is, you don't do all the things. Just as hot and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sex in the City could also be called Beth Moore after hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But Beth's on a, in the city. Beth's yeah. in Four the Beth. city. Ruth's in the city. Okay, y'all. Hey. Following your Mr. mother. Mr. Boaz. Yeah. We'll um, assign Bible characters to Samantha, <laughs> Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie. Yeah. Later. Ooh, I am going to think about that. Okay. Yeah. For um, next week. <laughs> Kevin, you're such a Miranda. <laughs> I know. I know I'm a Miranda. I think I'm a Miranda, but the only person I care about on that show is Steve, so it's fine. I think a a real thing that I have been watching was my friend turned me on to a reality uh, series on Annie called Born This Way, and it's all about... I say kids, but they're, they're not kids. They start at 24. They all have Down syndrome, and so it's all about independence and relationships and I have cried just as much watching that as I have Sex in the City and mostly because so much of what they experience I experience they just experience it in a le- at a level where it's like they can't lie they can only be authentic and honest so I love that show there's three seasons of it they're coming back for a fourth and they're also in Orange County in Los Angeles and I just think about all the families who don't have resources sorry that was a lot but um, that was a good lot yeah I'm very interested in that now it's like Amen. such an amazing world and I'm like how do I get involved and so I've really been thinking about it a lot all so. right born this way Caroline what do you want to let Amen. go um, I would like to express a holy anointing over the show Drunk History. Mm. I really enjoy it. Are they drunk on the Holy Spirit? Yeah. On the okay. on the blood. Yeah, on the <laughs> blood good, of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, uh, a book I've been reading called Generous Orthodoxy mm-hmm. by Brian McLaren, who by many is considered a heretic. Gonna get some emails. <laughs> um, he, uh, he talks about all the uh, antonyms in Christianity, you know, left, right, conservative, liberal, and how he's all of them or what we can learn from each one. Hey. Um, been really helpful for me to read. Good and kind of helped me flesh out some things I've been thinking about and te- teaching me new things. So if you're a liberal Christian like me, you can go and read that. Um, what an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah, I know. Why, is that, why do I always go Southern when I'm being I'm bossy? I'm a liberal Christian. <laughs> That's what I do when I, whenever I do a fake person. It's just like, oh, hi, guys. Oh, <laughs> if you want to anoint me, uh, you can find me at, at Totem Spirit With Wolf. <laughs> With oil in the forms of likes and retweets. Likes and retweets are my oils. Mm-hmm. Um, that name sounds like you got to have some crystals. <laughs> Totem spirit wolf? Oh, for sure. I got like a billion dream catchers and they're just catching demons. <laughs> um, and Instagram too. Well, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter on Instagram and Twitter. And what I want to lift up is a piece of Halloween pop culture that is my favorite Oh yes. Piece of pop culture 
having to do with the hol- uh, holiday, which is the Paul Lind Halloween special, <laughs> which you can find in its entirety for free on YouTube. <laughs> if you want to watch it, hour-long variety show from the 70s starring Paul Lynn, the hilarious center square from Hollywood Squares, Uncle Arthur from Bewitched, mm-hmm. also starring Florence Henderson, Mrs. Brady, Betty White, Margaret Hamilton from Wizard of Oz, and Kiss. I promise you, it's going to be one of the greatest things you've ever watched. I watch it every year. I've seen it with Kevin. It's an annual tradition. How do you spell that last name? Paul what? L-Y-N-D-E. Okay. Paul Lind. You should all watch it. I'm watching it on Halloween night and celebrating the life and legacy of Paul Lind. And your own life and legacy. It's going to be a combo B-Day celebration, which I'm pumped about. Uh, Really, that's just to get more people to come and force them to watch Paul Lind. (laughs) But I'll do whatever I need to. True friends will show up. <laughs> so guys, I strongly urge and encourage all of you to watch the Paul Lind Halloween special. And I also want to lift up this podcast, Good Christian Fun. You can follow us at Christian Fun Pod on Instagram and on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Christian Fun Pod. He just had a stroke. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, the artist formerly known as iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, please. Not one or two stars, please. And every review that you leave, we're donating a dollar. And gets its wings. Mm-hmm. You get a little Kinda. jewel in your crown. Yeah. And we donate one dollar to a charity. This month, it is directrelief.org. And they're helping out people in Puerto Rico and people affected by Hurricanes Irma and Harvey. And that's this is the last week for October, so we'll pick a new charity in November. That's right. You gotta do it. That's the easiest way to feel good so about yourself. Right. Not it's only will so you give easy. us compliments, which makes us feel good. Important. Everybody wins, baby. <laughs> and then, as always, you can follow the Good Christian Fun Spotify playlist, <laughs> where I'm sure you can see no monsters on there and listen to it as much as you want to. Yes, you can. <laughs> Somewhere Carmen's going to be like, whoa, whoa, wow, 500,000 plays? Carmen is back. I got to invest in some new equipment and CDs. I got to start this tour. Carmen's <laughs> recording, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> Lots to talk about there. And also, stick around till the very end of the episode to see what we're covering on the next episode. I don't mention that every time, so I wonder how many people turn it <laughs> off before it. we actually announce the topic for next yeah, week. Yeah, there's little goodies. Little, little Easter egg for you. But that's it for this week, and that's it for lifting up. Melissa, thank you so much for thank joining you, us. Oh, thank you for You're having a real me. Treat. What a terrific guest. It's a shame I didn't eat any of these chicken nuggets. Yeah, what a, what a what shame. A They're crunch. going cold. So many left. Well, I'm sure they'll be elected for someone else. Predestined <gasps> for someone else's Yay! tummy. And all of Pont's people said... Amen. Oh, amen. Just amen. 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 People always say there's going to be something tricky about that. You know what? We started with a hell house, but let's go out with a big house. Come and go with me to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Do it Adam Sandler style. Okay, now Bill Cosby. A big, big, no, I don't want to. This is a Cosby free zone. It's my father's house. That was almost Randy Newman. Ray Romano. Uh, Deb, where's the house? There's a big house. Deborah. Oh, boy.
This artist gave us the answer to so many questions, including, is a friend a friend forever? Next week on GCF, we're listening to Michael W. Smith, specifically his debut album, The Michael W. Smith Project. That was a HeadGum Podcast.